Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome into Nuggets Numbers. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Friday night as I'm recording this, uh, roughly 24 hours after the Nuggets dropped Game 4 to the Los Angeles Lakers. I believe the final score of that one was 114-108. I took a little bit of extra time on this one, and I'm sorry if you were expecting a podcast yesterday. I took some extra time on this podcast in particular because I thought it was important to get it right. I thought it was important to put out the right content, not blame the referees for fouls the entire time, stop being emotional about it, and instead look at this from a different perspective. And that's basically that the Nuggets are right there with the Los Angeles Lakers, the championship favorites, uh, the, the favorites in this series. They beat the Los Angeles Clippers last series, and they were very close on several occasions in games two and four in going over the top, and sometimes it just doesn't go your way. Sometimes things just kind of work against you in that regard. So I didn't want to use that entire thing as just a, a way to blame the referees because it's not fair, and... Just after having had conversations with various people, looked at the discourse that was going on on Twitter on Friday today, it was just pretty painful to watch. Like, the refs, there there are a lot of questions there, and there will always be questions there. But sometimes you just got to look at things and worry about things that you can control, and that's just not something that you can control at all. Like, if the Lakers are going to get an unfair advantage because of the referees, then... Okay, like, so be it. But I don't know if they're getting a super unfair advantage. It's hard to really pinpoint it. I think there are definitely some questions. There are some questionable things, but it is what it is. The Nuggets are down 3-1. Again, we've had this song and dance before. The first segment, I want to talk about how we got here. going to talk a little bit about games 1 through 4. 4, obviously, with more detail. Second segment going to talk about what to do in Game 5. I don't want to go too deep into that, but we will spend the second segment on that. And then the third segment, I want to talk about stopping and smelling the roses, because this season has been awesome. And to focus too deeply on something that happened in the Western Conference Finals and the failures that happened in the Western Conference Finals, it's missing the bigger picture. So we'll talk about that then. But first, let's start talking about what's happened so far. All right, how do we get here? How did we get here? Well, game one was a schedule loss. There was not enough intensity, not a, not enough energy for the Nuggets to maintain. 
The Lakers were coming off of six days of rest. The Nuggets were coming off of their second 3-1 comeback to force a Game 7 and then winning Game 7 over the previous two series. Obviously, there was going to be a little bit of an emotional downfall in that game. And the Nuggets weren't fully prepared, and it showed. They, they made some mental mistakes. Uh, Jokic wasn't that great. Murray was good. Not like He, he, was, he was really good in that game. Uh, he was definitely not the issue. But Denver got caught in a really bad foul game, and there were some major questions in that game for sure. But it was basically a schedule loss to start, so don't want to get too deep into it. Game two was a 50-50 game that came down to a buzzer beater and one critical mistake. Unfortunately, that's sometimes how things go. The Nuggets had that game, and, and they they came back. They were down 16, I'm pretty sure, in that game. They roared all the way back. Nikola Jokic played excellently and helped get the Nuggets the lead late in that game. He bullied Anthony Davis under the rim. It was kind of imp- it was very impressive. Unfortunately... Davis got the last laugh. He hit the buzzer beater. Uh, That's the story. The story is going to be that they did it for Kobe and that he said Kobe under his breath, even though nobody could hear it. That's just what they're going to say. It is what it is. And that's just how the ball bounces sometimes. And then instead of being tied 1-1, the Nuggets were down 2-0. And that's just, it's a really tough place to be because they, they were good enough to win that game, but... The Nuggets have won a bunch of 50-50 games in these playoffs, and that was one of the main ones that they lost. Game three was a recovery win. Uh, Jamal Murray was awesome. Jeremy Grant, awesome. Nikola Jokic was good enough at the beginning to get it done. And the Nuggets got some contributions from other places too. Monte Morris, Michael Porter Jr., they looked good in that game. Uh, Anthony Davis... Not as good when defended against by Paul Millsap. And that was, that's been a big story so far in this series. So that was definitely a big reason for Denver to come back. That was a, a definitive Nuggets win despite the fact that they went from a 20-point lead to a 3-point lead in, a, in the snap of a finger. Uh, they were caught off guard by zone defense, and it wasn't going to happen again. They, they separated after that. Game four, I want to go into the specifics of game four because I think that's important. This podcast is coming after game four, before game five, so let's talk about that more in depth. The first quarter, the Nuggets lost 37-30, to so a deficit of seven. And it started off with Anthony Davis making a bunch of impossible jumpers. You kind of just got to tip your cap to that. He made them over Millsap. He made them over Grant. He made them over switches, just kind of made everything. And it is what it is. You can't can't really do that much about it because Davis is an extreme athlete who, if you let him get to the rim, then he's going to punish you there. Instead, he went six for six and like had four or five jumpers or something like that. And you just got to live with it. The Dwight Howard offensive rebounds, though, you can't live with that. The Lakers started Dwight Howard in Game 4, and he made an immediate difference. In this game, Dwight Howard was a plus 7 in his 23 minutes, and the Lakers won by 6. He started off the game really well, grabbed 6 offensive rebounds, 
not not just in the first quarter, but throughout the game. And he was just a dominant force and helped the Lakers get through some really bad offense that they were generating on a consistent basis. He saved them. And the Nuggets, specifically Jokic, kind of let him save the game. So we'll talk about that in a bit. Jamal Murray kept the Nuggets alive early. Uh, Torrey Craig missed two wide-open threes that the Lakers were just going to dare him to beat them, and he couldn't do it. Um, second quarter, the Nuggets bounced back a little bit. They won that 25-23. to Jokic played well in that stretch. MPJ and Kuzma, they traded baskets, but they were open baskets, and that's a matchup that Michael Porter Jr. has to win. He can't tie that matchup. If the Nuggets are going to win this series... And they still can. It's it's pretty bleak right now, but they still can win this series. MPJ has to definitively win the matchup against Kyle Kuzma. If he can't, then that's enough offense that the Lakers are going to get to survive. Only two shots for Murray in the second quarter. You had missed threes from Harris, Grant, Millsap, and Porter. Uh, Millsap got clobbered on a three at the end of the second quarter. Third quarter, the Nuggets won 29-27 again, so they've had two-point winning margins in each of the second and third quarter. The Lakers didn't let go of the rope. They kept it close. And at that point, at the end of the third quarter, the Lakers were still up by three. Uh, You had 15 combined points from Rajon Rondo and Cantavius Caldwell-Pope. That's probably what lost you the game right there. And if, if you're going to point to anything at all, it's that stretch, especially when Rondo got in, because he only played like five minutes of the quarter, maybe less. And he got eight points and was just dominant in that stretch. That can't happen. The Nuggets have got to contain Rajon Rondo at some point. They haven't done it at all this series. KCP also got free. Eight combined points for LeBron and Anthony Davis during that, during that third quarter. Gary Harris was 0 for 3. No three-point attempts, only shots. I think they were two-point shots. Um, That's not good. You want Gary Harris to be hitting threes as opposed to taking shots inside the arc because he hasn't been finishing at the rim, and anything in between the rim and a three is probably not something that Gary Harris should be shooting right now. And then you had three shots from Nikola Jokic in that quarter. Only three. Fourth quarter, the Nuggets lost that 27 to 24. So it wasn't a big margin. And if they if they win that margin 27 to 24 instead, then the game goes to overtime. So they were really close. It wasn't like this was that far off. They never let go of the rope, but the Lakers never got them any slack either. You had 19 combined points of the 27 from LeBron and AD, and they combined for 15 free throw attempts during that stretch. Pretty sure they made 13 of the 15, maybe 12. But if 12 to 13 points come from two players at the free throw line, that's a that's a really tough thing. The Nuggets have to be better about not fouling, despite the fact that some of those were not fouls. I mean... That's a hard place to be, I know, but that's where it has to be. That's where it has to come from. Jokic did not show up in that quarter. 
He had foul trouble that he was dealing with. He had zero points, 0 of 4 from the field, zero assists, and basically left Jamal Murray to fend for himself in that quarter. The Nuggets were 1 of 6 from 3 as a team. They couldn't space the floor. And that's really where it came down to, was that when when LeBron James switched on to Jamal Murray, the Nuggets could not make them pay from any place. Jokic wasn't showing up. None of the open threes were being hit. And Jamal Murray struggled when LeBron was on him. That's a tough thing. And when you get into that spot, you have to know what you're going to do to counter it. I think you got to go to Jokic in the post, especially if he has Markeith Morris on him. But Jokic clearly wasn't comfortable. He's got to get comfortable. He was not good enough in this game and not up to his usual standard. Another note from this game, MPJ had two shot attempts in the second half. Both were made three-pointers at the end of the third quarter. The only reason he got those was because he isolated against Kyle Kuzma for the first one, made a really nice move. And then the other one was a third-quarter buzzer beater that Murray threw out to him when the defense collapsed. That's got to change, because there is nobody else on this team other than Murray and Jokic that can really light things up from the perimeter like MPJ can. They need more offense. And at some point, you just got to release the dude, or you've got to get offense from somebody else. You got to get 17 points in a quarter from Paul Millsap. You got to get Jeremy Grant to go off for 25 again. If those things don't happen, and it doesn't look like it's going to, you got to release the kid and get him some shots. That's all I'm going to say about that right now. Jokic and Millsap were the only Nuggets in the positive for plus-minus, though Millsap only played 17 minutes, and he fouled five times. He was extremely effective most of the time defending Anthony Davis. But when you foul, and when you get called for fouls, whether they are good or not, it changes the game. And the Nuggets cannot deal with Paul Millsap in foul trouble. It's very clear they don't have another answer for Anthony Davis when he's at the four. When he's at the five, you just got to live with Nikola Jokic there, and it is what it is. But when Anthony Davis is at the four next to Dwight Howard, Paul Millsap has to be out there. There is no other candidate unless LeBron James is off the floor and you just let Jeremy Grant do it. Game four was tough. It was a close one. It was a hard-fought battle that the Lakers ended up winning, but it was close. And the Nuggets have now lost two 50-50 games. They won definitively, I think, in the third game. The Lakers won definitively in the first game. The 50-50 games have gone to the Lakers so far. So it's on the Nuggets to get at least one more definitive game And maybe they can win some 50-50 games going forward. But you don't want it to get to that point. You have to find some things to change. You have to find some things to improve on. So let's talk about that in the second segment. When we come back, we're going to talk about what to do in Game 5, what changes I think the Nuggets should make, and go forward from there. We'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial. 
And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we're back. Nuggets numbers. Ryan Blackburn here by myself today. Just hanging out, having a grand old time. Um, the Nuggets have been in this position before. It's it's the most cliche thing you can say now about a team that has won two series by coming back from 3-1 leads or from 3-1 deficits in a row. They've been here before. They're down 3-1. They know how to do it. They know how to win. The The only question is whether the Lakers are going to give them any inch. And at this point, it's, it's about the Nuggets coming up with ways on the margins and then for them to just hit more shots uh, for this thing to turn around. I think they can do it. Like I said in the first segment, this isn't like a, this isn't an insurmountable task. The Nuggets have done this before against a comparable team in the Los Angeles Clippers. Don't let Laker fans tell you differently. The Clippers are very good, and they were co-favorites or favorites for the NBA title for a reason. The Nuggets have to come up with a different way to figure out their matchup advantage or disadvantage against the Lakers. And to me, that means they probably have to go a little bit crazy. The one stat that I think really stands out for the Nuggets right now is that they've shot 107 threes in four games in this series. That's basically 27 a game, and it's probably not enough. The Lakers are at 118 per game, which is just under 30 per game. Or they're at 118 for the series, which is just under 30 a game. Uh, The Nuggets got to shoot more threes. They got to win this math battle a little bit. The fact that they hit the same number of threes in Game 4 as the Lakers did probably spells defeat. Let's go through the box scores together and figure out, okay, which team won the three-point battle and did that team win the game? Well, the Lakers... uh, Hold on, I'm in in the quarter. Excuse me. In Game 1, the Lakers won the three-point battle. They shot 11 of 26... The Nuggets shot 9 of 26. Next game, game 2. The Nuggets shot 8 of 24 from 3, 33%. The Lakers shot 13 of 36 from 3, 36%. The Lakers won the three-point battle there. Game 3. The Nuggets won by 8. The Lakers shot 6 of 26 from 3, 23%. The Nuggets shot 11 of 29, 38%. The Nuggets won it there. That's their only win so far. And in Game 4, the Lakers were 10 of 30 for 33%. The Nuggets were 10 of 28 for 36%. So not necessarily better from 3 in that one. They're basically even. The Nuggets got to light it up from 3. 
They have to. They have to win the math battle because if the Lakers are going to get to the free throw line and get free points, the Nuggets have to find a way to shoot more efficiently from the most efficient spots on the floor. It feels very statistical of me and mathematical of me to just say that, but I have a solution here, and it involves Michael Porter Jr. MPJ has shot the ball really well in this series. I want to get his numbers really quick. Um, This is one I actually didn't have prepared. I hate this. I hate when I... Let's just go last four games. Okay. MPJ is shooting 39% from three in this series. He's at 4.5 attempts per game. He shot very efficiently this past game. Um, he is third best on the team behind Monte Morris and Nikola Jokic. Uh, Jamal Murray is down to 36% after going 0 of 3 in game 4. Not his fault. He was attacking the rim at will. Uh, he'll get that back up. But if you are the Nuggets, you have to come up with ways that are going to create efficient shots for your team. Whether that's MPJ shooting threes, whether he's grabbing offensive rebounds, uh, whether he's finishing at the rim, he does that better right now than Gary Harris does. And that's why I think the Nuggets need to start MPJ for Gary Harris at the two. And you might be saying, oh crap, has MPJ even played the two yet this year? And the answer is really no. Like, he's had a couple of opportunities, but it's been in such short stints that it's hard to rely on that. However, Gary Harris is not shooting the ball well. He's shooting 29% from the field. Um, Nope, that's not true. He's shooting 26% from the field in the last four games. He's shooting 36% from three. But it just means that he's not shooting efficiently at the at in two-point range when he when he gets in inside the, the line. When teams feel that they can run him off the line, they have him beat. On top of what happens when you try to run MPJ off the line, it's that he's 6'10 and it's much harder to do so. When he gets to the rim, he finishes a little bit easier than Gary Harris does because he's 6'10, because he's athletic, because he can get up that just that much higher. Uh, That's not on Gary Harris, who basically won the Nuggets their last playoff series. He won the Nuggets their their Game 7 against Utah. Like He has a role on this team and has been excellent in it. I just don't think that he has a role in this series. There's nobody for him to guard. Actually, there's one person for him to guard. His name is Rajon Rondo. And my thing with this would be to start MPJ at the 2 and then deploy Gary Harris on Rondo with the bench unit. You cut Torrey Craig's minutes or reduce them drastically, and you go with what amounts to an eight-deep rotation. It's tough, and guys are going to play a bunch of minutes, and Gary Harris may be a little bit upset about coming off the bench, but the Nuggets need some spacing in their shoot- in their starting lineup. That lineup has been pretty good, I think it can be great. I think the Nuggets can really exploit the Lakers, uh, especially their two-big lineup. But they have to be willing to shoot, and they have to space the floor so well. Because if they don't, everything crams in on that Murray-Jokic pick-and-roll, 
And then when the team switches, it's just coming down to isolations and post-ups. And there's only so much of that you can do to win. We saw Jamal Murray make some incredible shots in Game 4. And it just wasn't enough because there wasn't enough around him. I think MPJ solves a lot of issues. I think he adds to your defensive rebounding. He has the most defensive rebounds on the Nuggets in this series. It's 24 to 23, but he's also only played 91 minutes and he has 24 defensive rebounds. That's more than Nikola Jokic, which is kind of nuts. I think you put Murray on KCP, you put MPJ on Danny Green, who hasn't been as good in these playoffs. You put Jeremy Grant on LeBron, you put Paul Millsap on Anthony Davis, and you put Jokic on Dwight Howard. And I think this this makes things harder for the Lakers on the defensive end for them because of how much more space they have to cover on on that other option. This isn't a knock on Gary Harris because I just I just don't think he has a role here on, on this series unless it's with the bench unit. And Michael Malone has to start make like he has to make that decision at some point. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's something he can continue to do with the starting lineup. And I I do not want to question Michael Malone right now because he has helped the Nuggets win their first two playoff series. And his mentality and his grit and determination has rubbed off on the Nuggets in a positive way, in a way that they wouldn't be here in this situation without Michael Malone. You put Mike D'Antoni in that situation, and I think the Nuggets go go out in the first round. I'm just saying. So, that's what I would start with there. The second thing is Jokic just has to be better. He has to take advantage of having Dwight on him. Gotta go to the post Be confident in your abilities because you're really freaking good. And if taking Dwight Howard is a problem, you got to generate a switch and test Anthony Davis's ankle. He rolled it pretty badly, and he's questionable for this game in Game 5. If you got to, like, I mean, you don't do anything dirty, but you just make him work. You make him put a lot of pressure on that thing. Uh, You find every advantage that you can because if he can't go to his fullest ability then that's on him. Jokic supposedly had a right wrist injury. I don't know where that came from, but it it was possible for the Clippers to exploit that in the second round, and they never did. So Jokic just has to be better. I think he will be. I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be. Uh, He's just got to do it. Jamal Murray, probably going to have to play 45 minutes again. (laughs) And just keep doing what you're doing. Like, he has been awesome, and, and there's no reason to doubt what he has done so far. Just give the ball to him, give the ball to Jokic, and let them work their magic. Because they have been both playmaking for themselves and others. So it's not like it's it's just Murray and Jokic out there. Especially when Murray has the ball. He's been good as a playmaker. Like I said before, MPJ just has to get more shots, like get him more looks. In this series, he's shooting 70% true shooting. Um, That's really good. You should probably give him the ball more. Uh, Monte Morris has also been highly efficient, and he appears very comfortable. So get him more shots. Let him take the things that he's been taking. Uh, Coming off of ball screens and and hitting the mid-range jumper. Uh, 
three-pointers in transition, driving to the rim. He's very comfortable finishing at the rim right now, which is awesome. Because somebody his size is not supposed to be that good finishing at the rim. So keep it going, Monte. Like you've you've done a great job. And there's like it's just it's been very impressive watching what he has done. Um conversely, any shot attempt that Paul Millsap takes driving to the paint against Anthony Davis should probably generate a fine. Like it just has not gone well. And it's very disappointing to watch it. Because Millsap, he, he still has so much craft in him that, that there, there's a lot of different things that he's been able to do. But so many of his shots come off balance. And when he's being guarded by Anthony Davis out there, it just hasn't gone well. Um, he's shooting one of seven against Anthony Davis. One of four from three, which means he's 0 of three on the interior. Davis has blocked one of those shots. Um... He's 0 of 3 against LeBron. I'm just looking through here. He's 2 of 3 against Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, so maybe he can go to that again. Though he did get blocked last game, and that's that's. I just don't know if that's what you want to go to in the fourth quarter of these games. Um. Yeah, I I I don't know if I would even mess with it. But, and and same goes for Gary Harris, really, that anytime he hesitates on an outside jumper and takes a floater instead, that should probably generate a fine because he ha- he is good when he shoots a three. Gary Harris is very good, and he is a good shooter. And hesitating just, it defeats the purpose of the entire offense because he's not able to get to the, the rim against this defense. This defense is too good for that. He's just got to let it fly. Like, just shoot, dude. Just shoot. And then five defensive goals before heading to the next segment. Um, wall off the paint on drives. They've done a really good job of that for the most part. Um, they've done a great job against LeBron and AD. The only guy that they have struggled with is Rondo. So keep an eye on that. Uh, get a body on Dwight Howard on the offensive glass. That feels very reasonable and and like a lukewarm take after he had six offensive rebounds. Jokic has to be better there. He can't relax. Uh, he's got to box out Dwight Howard and just battle with him. Porter has to be better on show and recover defense. That's the reason why Kyle Kuzma got free. And it wasn't anything to do with anybody else. That was all MPJ. He just has to, when he's showing against LeBron James, he can't stay there for that long. And he has to be better getting off of that, navigating that look and getting out to Kyle Kuzma, who is very comfortable shooting. Um, especially if Porter's going to be out there. If they decide to start him, if they decide to play him extended minutes at the two, then the Lakers are going to do that same thing with Danny Green and KCP and all of those guys. So Porter has to be very, very diligent in terms of getting out to the spots that he needs to get out to or else the Nuggets are going to lose his minutes, and they can't lose his minutes. He has been positive for most of the playoffs. They need that positivity now. Uh, Number four, Jokic can't relax when Rondo is in the game on him, and LeBron is out. There were a couple of times where Rondo took it right at Jokic in the pick and roll, and he like if, if Jokic lets him get by, it's over, because Rondo, he will finish at the rim. He's shown that he can. And if the if 
they have to send help. If the Nuggets have to send help on the backside, then Rondo will make that pass. He's one of the best passers we've seen. So don't give Rondo easy looks. Don't give him easy playmaking opportunities. The Nuggets have to close down on his minutes because that's really the third option in this Lakers wheel or in this in this Lakers uh, team, we'll just say. It's LeBron, it's AD, and it's Rondo. If you can't close down on one of them, then you're probably going to lose. And the easiest one to close down on should be Rondo. So stop letting him have good looks. And then number five, stay out of foul trouble. Easier said than done, obviously, but you just got to do it. There's no reason to uh, foul 94 feet from the basket. There's no reason that when you're when you're pressuring the ball in the backcourt, let's say it's Torrey Craig, he loves to pressure the guys 94 feet, and sometimes he gets a little bit aggressive. Sometimes he'll get beat. Sometimes he'll foul. Um, it's it's just for a team that shoots this many free throws for the Lakers. For a team that can draw this many free throws, you do not want to give them extra opportunities there. Fouls early in the quarter can't happen. Okay, let's take a break. When we come back, I want to I want to talk about the season and I want to talk about how to not get lost in the minutia of this playoff series. We'll be right back. Nuggets numbers, final segment here. It's important, I think, to focus on how great the Nuggets season has been. Because over the last week, it's been really painful to watch the team. Uh, They've done some great things. It's been awesome. And there are so many things that they just can't control. And there are uh, other factors at play it just feels like the narrative is stacked against them in every single way shape and form but they're so close they are so close and they've become such a good team during the bubble it took a long time you guys remember how awful the defense was at the beginning of this thing no like the nuggets didn't even bring any guards like troy daniels was the only guy that they brought because there were other factors at play there. It's insane how they went from eight players in the bubble, nine players in the bubble, starting Bull Bull at the two or the three, um, Jokic at point guard, to then starting Michael Porter Jr. for seven games in the seeding round, and for him to make second team all bubble, to be to showcase that level of talent. Uh, against everybody, against all of the best teams. Uh, He was out there, and he was one of the 10 best players in the bubble. And it was not 10. He wasn't 9. He wasn't 8. He might have been 6 or 7. But that dude was that dude in the seeding round. In the first round, things looked really bleak, but they came back. They came back from 3-1. They were one of only the, at that point 12 teams ever to do it nobody had ever done it multiple times so this was this was a freak occurrence and they did it against a rival 
a division rival who had Donovan Mitchell, who the Nuggets technically drafted, had Rudy Gobert, who the Nuggets technically drafted, and had a fan base that was that was very uh, very quick to remind Nuggets fans that that had taken place, that the Nuggets had basically funded their team, and that they said that Rudy Gobert was a better player than Nikola Jokic, and Donovan Mitchell was a better player than Nikola Jokic, or than Jamal Murray. What we've seen in these playoffs from both of Denver's stars can say that there's no reason to worry about the Donovan Mitchell trade anymore. There's no reason to to be upset that Rudy Gobert went to the Jazz. The Nuggets got their guys. They've got a duo, a star duo, that is as good as any duo in the NBA. And you could see it in this series. You could see it in last series when they were playing the Clippers. The entire waking world, except for very specific people, Matt Moore, of the Action Network among them, who picked against the Nuggets. Everybody everybody else picked against the Nuggets. Matt Moore was one of the ones who didn't. We had some people at Denver Stiffs who didn't. They stayed true to the Nuggets. I wasn't one of them. I thought the Nuggets were going to lose in six to the Clippers. And they were in that position. They could have lost. They went down 3-1 again. Kawhi Leonard, best player in the world. A lot of people said it. Never happened. Never took place. The Nuggets never backed down. They came back from 3-1 a second time. It was very, very, very impressive. And everybody in the waking world started to take notice of the Nuggets. Started to take notice of the, the little brother team that was always had a pat on the head for being good but never great. Now they're officially great. They're officially a great team. Because you don't come back from down 3-1 twice and just not be great. Jamal Murray's had his star turn in this bubble. Nikola Jokic continues to prove that he's awesome. He had a bad game four against the Lakers. He's going to come back strong in game five, I have no doubt. Those two guys rising to the occasion consistently in the playoffs have been so impressive. The moment has not been too big for Michael Porter Jr. either. Has not been too big for Jeremy Grant, who has defended Donovan Mitchell, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. And he's done so very consistently and about as competitively as you possibly can. Monte Morris has contributed. Gary Harris came back and won the Nuggets multiple playoff series. Paul Millsap has been defending Anthony Davis very well. He struggled in the first two playoffs, don't get me wrong, but his outburst in Game 5 against the Clippers was probably the main catalyst for how the Nuggets got to this point. Torrey Craig has had his moments. Mason Plumlee's had his moments. Mason Plumley has actually been pretty good in these playoffs, despite the fact that Game 2 was a really bad black mark on his playoff run. Plumley has had some really good moments in these playoffs, and I think he's he's been good. He really has been. Sorry if you don't like that, but he has been. The Nuggets have done this all without Will Barton. He was one of their main pieces for the last four years. Five years. He should be back too. 
All of this to say is that in a world that is undergoing a pandemic, that is in disarray, especially in the United States right now because of the political climate, the Nuggets are a beacon of light and hope for the city of Denver, for Nuggets fans, for NBA fans who have had a nice breath of fresh air to see what the Nuggets are doing. They've been built. They have not been bought. They have come from the ashes, done things the right way, done things organically, and they've turned themselves themselves into a great team. It's really the Paul Rudd meme. It's who would have thought it, not me. Look at this. Look at this. Look at us. Who would have thought it? Not me. I would not have thought it. I would not have expected this from the Nuggets after what we saw through the first three games of the playoffs. They've blown me away. And they're not done. Nicole Jokic is 25. Jamal Murray is 23. Michael Porter is 22. Bull Bull is 20. Jeremy Grant's 26. Monte Morris is 25, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Will Barton is under contract. Gary Harris is under contract. P.J. Dozier is under contract. There are so many ways for them to not just maintain the success that they've had in this bubble, but to even get better. These guys are going to get better. This is not the best they will ever be. It's going to take diligence. It's going to take hard work. It's going to take the identity that the Nuggets have built themselves. The resiliency of a true contender, a never-say-die team. They have the young talent to make it work. It will be disappointing if the Nuggets lose on Saturday night. But it will not be the end of the world. It was bad for the Jazz to lose in the playoffs. It was bad for the Clippers. Disastrous for the Clippers. For the Rockets, it was disastrous. Mike D'Antoni walked out. It would be bad for the Lakers if they lost too. Imagine if the Nuggets won against the Clippers and the Lakers. The world would turn upside down, which may actually turn it right side up because the world is currently upside down. But the Nuggets are just too good. And we've been spoiled by what they've done. And what they've done is just incredible. And I have to keep reminding myself that we are experiencing a moment in history that we will not forget for a long time. That's going to do it for this episode of Nuggets Numbers. Thank you so much for tuning in on an abnormal day to record an episode. Sorry again to not get it out on Friday morning or Thursday night. Uh, Gonna do our best to continue to put forth the great content that you're looking for. Been very happy with everything that's been going on at the site lately. And we just continue to put out great stuff. So keep looking in on us. We appreciate you guys. And go Nuggets.